I was, you know, an incel kid. Like I wasn't an alpha male, and so you know, I, I wasn't a jock. I wasn't. I was like a king of the nerds, but I yeah, I got like laid I wasn't a lot. super. I mean, I mean, I, I am super good looking. This is Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. podcast is thematically oriented for the consumption of adults. The following program and its content are brought to you by LiteratePe.com and their affiliates and contain adult content and themes. We advise the listener to consume at their best discretion. Well, that's, that's the joy of, of being in the freelance gig. Yeah. The freelance game because there's, there's a lot of downsides to it mm-hmm. but there's a lot of upsides to it and one of those upsides is that you don't get caught in with the the full-time politic or uh, p- political bullshit. high schooly gossipy yeah bullshit I don't want to know that stuff I mean I went I saw I, this week I was um, at a client's office uh, freelance I've done some work for them before this creative agency and I like everybody that I've worked with I like them just fine uh, there's one guy there that I, I really like we get on really well um, I'm realizing that he and I are very similar like we're just we're a lot alike in a lot of ways we like the same music we've just whatever like we we like each other okay cool we have not become facebook friends yet i don't know if we will i don't whatever i don't fucking care um if he were to say to me like hey i'm going to this show this weekend want to go i'd go and that would be that Okay. okay fine but uh so today he was like yeah a couple of us are gonna grab lunch uh if you're in Come on. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. They, we went and got sushi. There, were, there was four of us. If they're buying lunch, I'll go eat lunch. Well, we all pitched in. It was fine. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so this, this is where you and I differ. I'm like, yeah. right, I'm going to go and ingratiate myself a little bit to a couple other people in the, in the firm. And lunch was fine. We had a few laughs, talked about some movies and bullshit, and then things started to get a little bitchy about work. And I'm like, I, I, I have nothing to add to that yeah. because... And you don't this, need that information. I don't it need it. It does not help your job. Well, I mean, some of it might help because if you know, like, well, this this person that I work with, they're this way. I can go, oh, I can take that information and go, well, this person is, you know, disorganized in this way. So then I can go when I'm working with them. I recognize that they're a little disorganized from what other people have said, so I can get ahead of that. See, this is my problem with that attitude: is that most people are full of shit. Well, that's part and of it too. The thing about yeah. it is, they have they have they have pigeonholed somebody based on their their experience with the person. And yes, but if I suddenly have that, now I have secondhand information about that experience. Now I'm blank, and this this is one of the, the one thing when I was getting uh, my teaching degree that actually stuck. Uh-huh. And I mean, I took years of college for this shit. And there's only one lesson that I actually remember, which says kind a lot about goes, yeah. public or, or, yeah, college education in that way. But it's the expectation theory, right? And the expectation theory goes like this: story is uh, young teacher comes in middle of the school year. Right, and he's got him for nine weeks for a quarter, and he looks at the students' names, and there's a number next to each one of their names, mm-hmm. and he thinks he just assumes there's their IQ scores, <laughs> and which I don't know why he would do that, but okay, that's what he assumes is their IQ, and sure enough, at the end of the nine weeks, the kids with the higher scores, the higher numbers, got A's, mm-hmm. and the kids with the lower numbers got C's and D's, mm-hmm. and they, they were locker numbers. Okay, they were their locker numbers, and that. And, and, and I've, I've used this not just in teaching, but in real life, is if you 
expect someone to behave a certain way, you will train them to behave that way. Right. Um, another example, I was in comedy sports for about five years. Um, and there was this guy, uh, Mark, who was a terrible fucking improviser. I mean, he was the worst fucking hack improviser. That's weird. You don't see a lot of those in Chicago. Oh, Jesus. He was terrible. And no one liked... He was a great guy, but nobody wanted to be on a team with him. Nobody yeah. wanted to improvise with him because he always came in as a pizza guy. I mean, he just had no creativity. <laughs> there was no creativity to this guy. Oh, I love those ones. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> but I, And I thought, I thought to myself, I, you know, I... Because I kept getting put on teams with him because I was just, oh, I was game. I yeah. didn't give a shit. Yeah. But I thought, I got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I, th I remembered the expectation theory. So from that moment on, I tried an experiment. And so every time we were in rehearsal, um, I would go, Mark, come on. And I would get Mark up on stage with him. And I would, and I'd just get, and every time we were on a team together, I'd go to him, dude, you and me. I'm gonna fucking rock this shit. Yeah. And I was just like, you're the best improviser I ever met. Mm -hmm. And I am absolutely into your shit. And we're gonna do that pizza guy thing to the <laughs> height of creativity. Yeah, it's like, this is what, and, and funny enough, and he didn't improvise good with anybody else, but when he and I were in scenes, we improvised well together. Yeah. We did great scenes, funny, consistent scenes yeah and so i remembered i always remember so i don't want to know if i'm in my office right now and i've got my 12 people that work in this office i don't want to know what one person thinks of the other person's work i think because i'll figure it out myself because if i hear it from somebody else i'm going to expect them to behave that way and if i expect them to behave that way i will treat them as if that's what i expect well so i hear i hear information like that and i go all right that's information i have now I have to go and fact check this. So I'm gonna work with the person and whatever that other person said about them doesn't fucking matter because I might not have that relationship with them. It's totally, you know, they have that relationship for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Mine could be totally different. So in other words, you're but gonna knowing, trust, but you're gonna be checking it so it's really not trust. No, it's just, it's, it never hurts to have information. It never, even if it's gossipy, emotional bullshit, just to know mm, so that I can take it and go, all right, well, that person, that's clearly just a thing between the two of them. That's, that is you just know? one step before you start to get to stereotyping. No, I don't think so. I think you're taking information and you're, you're but factoring against information. it. But it's not information. But that's the thing is, it's not, that's the thing is, it's not, it's secondhand information. Secondhand information is less reliable than your own personal experience of information. Yes, but if I know that there's an experience with this person in a certain way, and I'm dealing with that person. I'm not waiting for them to have. I'm. I'm. This is something I can do. You're, this is, you're I, working this, with them with the expectation that you may see this behavior, and if you see this behavior, then you will make note of it. And that's what. And that is an expectation of them to behave that way. I'll make note of it and then say, all right. Well, why are they acting this way? Is this how they are with everybody, or is this just? A, a stress situation because those two people work really closely together. I think together. that's like it's like looking you for insult. Consider all of it. It's like if you if yeah. you are looking for insult, you're gonna find it, even if you don't. Even if it's not an accurate insult. Even if it's not, you know, you know, if, if you know, that's it, it, it's one of those things. Very funny. As I was, uh, I was thinking about the uh, the guys that got arrested in Starbucks. Yeah. You know, and that was a shitty scene. That that's that was bullshit. Shitty, yeah. And and that that particular manager had a history, yeah, of you know sort of that. But I read an article that was a woman that had been demoted by her, and then moved to another store, 
Jesus. After the fact, right? Yeah. So the, the, she was she just knew who she was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this was this woman's opportunity to say what a racist piece of shit this manager was. Yeah. And I'm reading it and I'm thinking, first of all, her opinion isn't newsworthy. So why did they publish this? Well, because it is newsworthy because like this is a well, woman who I'm, did a racist I'm reading, thing. Obviously, I'm reading it. And well, and the thing about it is if you back up from it, yes, calling the police was a little extreme. Yeah. But if you know the history of that particular Starbucks, <laughs> yeah, and I did read into that a little bit because I like to research that shit. Sure. That's I find that very interesting. That's it. It's is just that research. they had they had uh, uh, they had a rash of panhandlers using their toilet. Mm-hmm. So and and the Starbucks is every Starbucks is different. You can put a yeah. lock on it. You can say you know you can make it open. You know public yep. restroom for everybody. Yep. Whatever. This manager decided as a way to stem the tide of just fucking idiots coming in and homeless people coming in just to stink up her toilet that she was going to say well I mean let's be honest if yeah. you're running you know, it's like yeah. if you got to run that place that's what it is no, you got somebody's got to yeah, clean the I toilet get it. And, sure. and uh and you don't want to be running like a sit go out in the middle of fucking you know Arkansas yeah. Yeah. where the toilet is just like a fucking demilitarized zone yeah so it's she like made one the policy step up from a hole she in made the, the policy yeah. if you don't purchase something you can't use the toilet Okay, so nothing wrong with that. The, you know, the two black guys—they come in, they want to use the toilet. That, that's the thing is, she didn't. From what I understand, from reading it, all sides of it, they sat down, they were doing nothing. They decided they need to use the restroom. Yeah. And she said, "It's for paying customers only." And they said, "Oh, well, we're just we're waiting for a friend, so we'll just be here a few minutes." Now, granted, if you look at the timeline, she jumped the gun. So yeah, I think she was definitely yeah. a racist, yeah. but. Um, the idea that that you don't let someone use the toilet is not de facto make you a racist, and the fact no. that you demoted uh, a, a, a demoted somebody because she was insubordinate, she happens to be black, doesn't make you a racist. Right. There's a lot more factor in that, and so that's what I'm saying is you've got a coworker of a coworker you don't know saying, "Oh Jesus Christ, oh Jesus Christ, she is so disorganized, she's so dis, she doesn't." That she, was exactly the complaint. She's yeah. so fucking disorganized, I can't take it. She's so fucking disorganized. All of a sudden now, what you're expecting is that she's going to be disorganized. Well, but I'll tell you this, is that my experience with that... And maybe that guy's disorganized, and that's why he's pissed at her. Well, and that could be it, too, because my experience with that person, I've not seen any disorganization. Well, then Everything's you, been fine with me. It's then don't like, listen to that motherfucker talk. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking it going, well, she's disorganized now. I'm just saying this is something that people feel... Or that this person, this is their experience with that. Good to know. All right. Understand the people that you're working with that are around you. And do my shit. I don't give a fuck if they hate each other and kill each other's kids in the middle of the night. Yeah. Over the weekend. I still got to work with them. I'm going to do my shit with them the way that I got to do my shit with them. That's yeah. it. But the joy is that all this doesn't fucking matter because I'm in and out. Yeah. And I got There fair. is a job with a beginning. A middle yeah, and an end, yeah. and then and then I'm back in for the next job. I don't have downtime with yeah, these people. And I also think there's a responsibility to the people that are spreading that information. Is that, that's the thing is I've had I have had people who are who are going to work with Tyler, yeah. my former assistant who jabbed me in the fucking back to get my job. Fine, um, and they've asked it. So how, what's it like working for Tyler? And every wrong question. Time, no, it's not the wrong <laughs> well, question. Well, right because, question, but hang on. But yeah. and, and this is what I found myself doing because I want to be responsible and I also don't want to be that guy because 
my lens, there are people where Tyler think he's awesome. Sure. They love him to death. They get a great. So what I say is, my experience was not great, mm -hmm. um, but he seems to be doing very well, and I'm probably not the right person to ask. Yeah. I, every single time across the board, that's my answer, because it is not my responsibility to shit mouth somebody that I don't like. Right. You know, it's like that and just that's doesn't help anybody. That's part of the reason that I dialed back. Yeah, because you don't know, want to be in the fucking lunch with those dipshits yeah. shit mouthing there. I, I just, I get it. You don't shit mouth your colleagues. You just don't do it. But I think you get the ability of the, 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 I don't know, the, you find shit that gives you the ability to shit talk your your coworkers when you work with them constantly. Well, when you're, when yeah. you're on downtime and when you're just, when there's a lot of stuff going on and you're, you're just, you're in it, you're family. Yeah. You know, like that's, like you might think the, my brother is fucking great because you deal with him on a very but you know, family is different because family you're stuck with you don't have to make a family well, I'm just, out but of like your the, the idea of like being there yeah, yeah. in their shit because in, when you work with somebody full time you know 45 50 60 hours a week mm -hmm. you know I'm not doing the whole you know we're like family here at this company yeah. that's horse shit go fuck yourself stop saying that but there is time for personal bullshit to get in the way of of the, 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 it's why the, I don't, the work. That's the thing. It's why and as a freelancer, you know, we don't have to deal with that's any the of that thing crap. Is, it, it, the way we're describing this makes me realize because it, you know, it was it was hard when I left WBEZ because it didn't really feel like too many people gave a shit. Yeah, and that was a bitter pill to swallow because like, wow, I was here ten years, and it was like I didn't exist. We well, should have gone to more fucking outings and, and lunches. And, and one that's what I realized was is, is that I'm not a very social creature. Yeah. So it's almost like. Even though I was there for ten years, it was like I was freelancing anyway. And part of it is because I just I'm there to work. I'm, I'm there to do a job. I'm right there with you. I'm, gonna, I'm there. Yeah. I'm getting my putting my time in. I'm going to do my job as best I can. I loved doing that job, so yeah. it was easy to do. And they pay me money to do it. That's right. the exchange. That's you it. get part of my life. You give me money for it. I'm a whore. We're all dancing fucking monkeys. Give me a peanut. It's good. Yeah. But I don't have to like the organ grinder. Right. And I don't. And even if I do like the organ grinder. I don't have to go over to the organ grinder's house no. and meet his kids. No, you know that, the whole like, you know the, the cult, you know workplace culture, and we have these events and we have outings and Christmas parties and all this other shit. I've never liked any of that stuff because, like, I, even if I like my coworkers, I got other stuff. I got a life outside yeah. of this. Like. Let's learn to like each other and relate to each other, not through team building exercises, but, to to but by together. doing the fucking work. Do, do the work, yeah. and let's get a, a you know a rise out of each other by doing good work. And the worst thing about not parties fucking like drinking that. at a trivia thing on a Tuesday night. Well, and the night worst after thing about those parties God. is I don't want people I work with on a regular basis to a see me drunk, right? And I do not want to see them drunk. Nope. I mean, you know. All of this workplace harassment would go the it would go away if you just go in, if do you your just job, did and then your fucking job leave. and went the fuck home and had a life yeah. outside of it, and you just did that. Yeah. You know, if, as soon as you make your work, your high school, yeah, yeah, there's going to be sexual harassment. There's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be jokes because I that thing is mostly I didn't even tell a whole lot of jokes. Ugh. That's hard. You know, because well, I mean, I, I mean, I make, I make, I would be snotty and I'd make snarky comments, yeah. but I, you know, it's like. No, save save your jokes and your your misanthropy, mis mis misanthropy, misanthropy. Yeah, I'm never good with that word. Misanthropy. Save all that shit for your wife and kids, yeah. your husband and kids. 
don't. Well, you know, that's what they're go, there for. But going back to the Facebook <laughs> thing is that that you know for a long time. I mean, I've been blogging my personal blog uh, up until we we made Literate Ape. It was just my personal blog mm-hmm. for. 15, 16 years now, yeah. 16 years now. Um, so fucking anybody that bothered to read my social media, where, wherever I was working, knew my shit. Yeah. They knew the arguments I was having. They knew my issues. They know my politics. They know my issues with whatever relationship I was in at the time. They knew that. Yeah. And that, they knew it. And so they judged me, but I didn't know their shit, so I didn't judge them. So it created a weird... And it's one of those things. The balance How much do you put out there, and uh, and how much do you want them to know? There's there's a thing about Charlie Rose doing an entire series now of Me Too victims. Okay. Like men that have been outed by Me Too and have lost their livelihoods. Oh, oh wait, so the Me Too victims I, that, are, well, the, I, that's are like, the men. You, you can't see, you can't see the air quotes yeah, when okay. I said victims, but that's yes. That they, 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 there is a rumor that he is going to host a, a series of interviews. Oh, that's a great with, idea. There, it's Chuck. the shittiest idea <laughs> of all shitty ideas. But the question, and then I read an article not too long ago about about you know Louis C.K. starting to go back to stand up, and like a lot of comics are like, I'd give him my mic and let him, you know. And so the question becomes: This is the question that I have in my mind: Is how long? Because I don't think six months is long enough. I'll be honest with you. And I'm you know to do a comeback tour, or just just, just if you're if you're Harvey Weinstein or you're uh, you know I mean Bill Cosby's gonna go away for 30 years and die in prison he'll be so. dead in two yeah exactly he's he, you know he's he's on his way out he'll be, but i get you the he'll be is, dead before like, he goes to ck jail. there's so many i mean you know, there's a lot of men in hollywood a lot of men in power that have been sort of you know john lasseter pixar is now yeah. cutting ties with john lasseter because of sexual harassment uh, or, or sexual inappropriateness or whatever the fuck they want to call it yeah and so the question becomes because these men and it's all men have cross these boundaries and have abused this authority and abused this power does that mean that they never find redemption that there's no hope that, that that as far as we are concerned that they need to just fucking disappear or go work at a goddamn gas station until they die or is there is there room for you know what's the statute of limitations when can louis ck like become like go because he's the thing about it is you say whatever you want to say about yeah. him as a human being he's a funny comedian yeah and a great filmmaker mm-hmm. you know I mean he's got talents yeah so the question is if he make if he, if he indeed makes amends how long does it take for him to make amends and to whom does he have to satisfy for him to be able to come back and that's because like I said when I heard read about it, Charlie Rose I went that is some fucking horseshit yeah but I thought. But if maybe in two years he did it, I'd watch those Mm -hmm. because I would be interested to see if they learned anything and if anything came of it. But I don't want to watch it now because it's only been six months. It's also strange that... You haven't run out of money yet. Right. Yeah. You know, come on. You have yet to really suffer. Yeah, you you haven't haven't really felt that unless you're taking all your cash that you had and you're, 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 you're handing it off to, you know... Women's shelters and stuff. You never really learned which they much. Mm, that might help they, them. Yeah, that might yeah. help them. They might be doing that, but I don't know that. And that's yeah, yeah. Well, there's so there's how two long? things here. The first one is like how long until we can accept Louis C.K. back into our lives and start paying to see his shows or watching his yeah. specials on Netflix or whatever it is. I you know let the market decide. 
Like when we're ready, we're ready. When we're like, the yeah, market I'm not. Didn't, the thing is that the market didn't decide any of this stuff. Well, but it did because his movie didn't get released because well, the, you know, because as a result of the of these, okay, the concept of the findings. market deciding is that the masses, you know, it's like the the the, the mass cult. Mm-hmm. That's what the market decides. The market is who's going to buy it. That's not what happened to these guys. Well, but people. This was a tiny segment of a of a very very vocal activist movement, yeah. and I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm saying that in terms of just sheer numbers, yeah. tiny, shamed advertisers, shamed, which is fine. It's that's the, the the your modus operandi. They went on a campaign to ostracize him, and so Netflix canceled him, yep. and the movie distributor said nobody would distribute it. So it really wasn't. The market that decided he was no longer viable. It was a small group that were so vocal that all the people with the money went. You know, it's not worth our time. Well, somebody has a distributor. Let's say, with you know, not specific. I mean, just so specific to Louis C.K. Let's just yeah, yeah, okay, as, let's, an, all right. as, as an example. Because I don't feel bad for him. I mean, it's, it's like he, no, he fucked up, he and, fucked up and you know, and, he has to read the the benefit and, and he pretended like it was okay. You know, that was the thing. He, he fucked up, and then he made a movie made, about it. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know. So, but he didn't get caught fucking up, or called out for fucking up until the movie was made and about to come out. I think that was just a perfect storm of, of happenstance for him. Like, I, well, you know, yeah, yeah. I think the timing you know, for him, you know, for you know, somebody who's such a good comedian, his timing was really fucked. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, he's he, he has to take a chance there. Does anyone want to come fucking see me do stand up again? Like, this is if people want to hear me. Yeah. And maybe people don't want to. Maybe people are like, I'm still not comfortable well, seeing it. Depend, it you know? The thing is, it would depend on what shtick he was doing. And that'll, well, and that'll I decide mean, if it, it was, too, yeah. If it was, if, I mean, I would give Louis C.K. a chance. I would I would watch a Netflix special if it was Louis C.K. does comedy about what a piece of shit he was and he jerking probably off in will. front of people. And you know that's what he's doing. He probably doing. will, yeah. You know, but does he, but does he, that's like a murderer. That's kind of akin to a murderer going to prison for six months yeah. and then writing a book about the murders and making a whole lot of money. Which is illegal. Fucking, which is illegal. Yeah, they can't so profit off this, of their crime. So sure. in this case, can Louis C.K. legitimately, uh, I mean, he can, but is it appropriate in some way for him to make money on his redemption? I was, you know, an incel kid. Like I wasn't an alpha male, and so you know I, I wasn't a jock. I wasn't. I was like a king of the nerds, but I yeah, I got like laid I wasn't super. I mean, I mean, I, I am super good looking, but you know, like I wasn't. You are. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't. Well, you're gonna love my wrap up in my piece. I said, <laughs> I said, I said the thing that but I can't remember exactly the line, but it's, it's that the thing that really bothers me with this whole incel thing is that there is an entire sect of insane people that look exactly like David Himmel, and I'm not go. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. Right. You know that was. But like, what I did is I didn't, I didn't get pissed. I, I went home and I listened to music about girls. You know, like I, you know, like I listened to the replacements. I listened to, fucking. I don't. Not that the Beatles were, you know, insult, but like you know the the unrequited love. Like you just you, you just like, oh, deal I wish it. girls liked me and that was that. And then eventually girls, All some right. girls liked me and I. It's. I read this on Facebook and I. I just, you have to hear this. This is from. Obviously an incel. Okay, now here, here. Okay, I just want to read a little bit of it. I don't read. Said the incels are not. This is a quote. Mm -hmm. This is not me. The incels are not the problem, but rather they are a symptom that something is very wrong in our society. 
And unless their legitimate grievances are addressed, this this could very soon spiral out of control, just like what happened in Iraq, Libya, and Syria, when their respective governments refused to address and deal with the legitimate grievances a portion of their population had. Calling the incels a bunch of virgins and frustrated losers with communication skills equal to that of an autistic potato is oversimplifying the problem. Yes, they are all that, but why are they frustrated virgins? The real issue is that with the advancement of makeup, healthy at any size bullshit, feminism, and through social engineering, a lot of women have become detached from reality. The reason these incels aren't getting laid is because women with a sexual market value equal to their use makeup to go from a 3 to 10 to a 7 to 10 which is false marketing in my opinion and should be a punishable offense to fuck with men above their league. Now he has this particular individual has some steps of redress. Okay. He says there are several ways I propose that we make this go away. One one (laughs) women are no longer allowed to wear makeup i.e. falsely advertise their beauty and hence stop them from banging guys above their league. Okay. So we're going to ban makeup. Yep. Two, women are only allowed to wear makeup or are allowed to date men with equal sexual market value to them. State-mandated tests should be made (laughs) and everyone get a sexual market value card ranging from a 1 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10, just like an ID card. So now women are being allowed to fuck who you tell them they can fuck. Okay, Uh so that's two. Three, every time a woman sleeps with a new man, she loses one rank on her sexual market value card until she reaches the lowest rank. So if you have sex and you're a woman, not if you're a dude. Right. If you have a dude, you get, you know, maybe he didn't say that, but you, you get yeah, higher. Dudes can't improve their sexual market value. It's impossible. Four, right? there's no way to rise through the ranks other than through exercise. Jesus. So this is just shaper. for women. This is just the women. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And five, women with more than nine sexual partners and single moms should be forced by the state to date and have sex with incels that can't get any women despite the above changes. Wow. This would deal with the problem, not the symptoms, and is the way we deal with everything from counter-piracy to counter-terrorism. The <laughs> incel threat is real and should be treated the same way. This guy's clearly a virgin. I think there. I think that's a path we don't want to go down because we've been down that path. It was called the early Bible, and that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like those times uh, are not not coming back, and I don't want them to come back. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first one. This is pretty obvious. All right, go see Avengers: Infinity War. Oh yeah. So watch that. Mine are all watches this time. Um, my first one is watch Lost in Space on Netflix. It is, it's a little clunky, but they're trying so hard to be earnest and take it seriously mm-hmm. that sometimes they, they run into the, 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 the Star Wars prequel, yeah. oh, we're too serious. You yeah. know what I mean? However, that said, uh, there are two things that really stand out. First of all, I will just tell you that this is a 10-part origin story. Okay. Because they're not lost in space for these episodes. They okay. don't get lost in space with the the crew that you know, you know, you've got you've got the Robinsons uh-huh. and then you've got Don West yeah. and then yeah. you've got Dr. Smith and you've got the robot. It's very fun. I enjoyed it, but what really stands out is Parker Posey 
is Dr. Mm -hmm. Smith. Oh, okay. And she is infuriatingly good. Yeah. All right, my second thing is another watch. Uh, watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, so I've talked about that. <laughs> I've never seen that. I don't know why, as much as I love all that shit, that I've never watched. It's a good show. I mean, it's, you know, it's a serial, you know, on, on network television. Okay. But it's it's fun. It's good if you're a comic book guy or, you know, a Marvel movie person. It's fine. The coolest thing about it is that the show, with each of the, the Marvel movies that have come out, the show interacts with them in a way. So, like, when, you know, Captain America, uh, The Winter Soldier happened and S.H.I.E.L.D. fell... The show played off of that, like so. They're in the same world. They don't, okay. cry, they don't, like you know. Yeah, suddenly you don't see Captain Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth doesn't show up. Um, Samuel Jackson did show up in the first, like at the end, the last episode of the first season. Oh, that, all right, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a fun. All right, yeah, there you go. So, so, and being that there's a new movie out, it makes complete shit's sense. To probably going to happen. Yeah. All right. I also my number two, like I said, all my three are a watch. My second one is watch the post. Really? God damn it. Really? It's good. It's okay. I loved it, but I loved it more because, okay. I mean, it, the thing is, I like the story. It's a great story. I like the is acting incredible. is great. Yeah. Yep. But what I really liked it is that it's an amazing prequel to All the President's Men. It and is. I love, yes. And yes. I don't think I'm giving anything away because it's history. Right. Is yeah. that if you don't know about it, if this is spoilers. Best moments, you know, yeah, and I mean, I did. I laughed out loud is at the end of the movie, Meryl Streep looks at uh, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks yeah. who's Ben Bradley, and says... Well, we've done that because I'm glad that's over because I don't think I could go through that again. Yeah. And you laugh out loud because you, you know, know it's coming yeah. up. And then just to gild the lily, gild the lily a little bit, you see the break in at Watergate. Right. That's the last yes. moment of yeah. this movie. I mean, it's like the perfect. Yeah. But I also think, and this is what I liked about it, was it was surprisingly feminist. And I like that very much. Yeah. I mean, you got Sarah Paulson, and she does nothing in this movie. I thought, she's such a good actor. Yeah. And I'm like, She's just kind of hanging out with as Tom Hanks' long-suffering wife yeah. and making sandwiches. And I'm thinking, this is kind of a waste of character. And then she gets the best monologue in the fucking movie. I see. I think that the post, you know, I, I liked it, but it wasn't probably because I was comparing it to all sure. of Because they're very similar. They're, they're simple. I mean, it's the same basic it's, story. Yeah. It's just not as thrilling as All the President's Men is. It's yeah. just not done in that... Th I feel that All the President's Men is far more of a thriller. Oh, yeah. Than The Post is just kind of a... Here's what happened. Well, it's a story about about responsible... It's a story... It's a, it is it is All the President's Men in the age of Trump. I think it's All the President's Men in the age of shitty journalism. Well, I'm, lazy I, journalism. Well, I think so, lazy journalism, yeah. shitty journalism, and an attack yeah. on the Fourth Estate. Right. You yeah. know, it established... And that was the thing. That established... That case established... Yeah really the fourth estate of, yeah. of, of this is the role of journalism when it comes to politics. Right. And I thought that was, I, I, yeah. I liked it very much. Yeah. So okay. that was my number two. Uh, my number three, also a watch. Watch the shows, the, the Marvel shows on Netflix. You're away. Oh yeah. I'm in it. I'm in the Marvel fucking thing right hey, now. Right? I, yeah. Oh yeah. Daredevil, I mean, Daredevil is fucking great. Jessica uh, Jones, yep. Luke Cage, Luke Cage Punisher. Was fantastic. Punisher was you great. You have to watch. Yeah. If you're going to be purist, you have to fucking watch Iron Fist, even though it's the you least of all of it. Yeah. And my number one is another watch. Watch A Quiet Place. Okay. Really? God damn, is that a good movie. Yeah. I was okay. Well, I mean, because it's not. I mean, it's it's, it's not because the, the, the setup is pretty simple. Because that's what I loved about it the most is the setup is simple. Is it M Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong? No, because no. it feels like an M no, Night Shyamalan Krasinski, and Ding Dong show. John Krasinski yeah. directed it. 
I did not know that. He's okay. in it and he All directed right. it, and okay. his wife Emily Blunt is in it and plays his wife. Okay, I didn't know that they were married. I don't. Yeah, know shit I mean, about you know, and, okay. and and what's Clearly, really good about it is like you never expect the guy from The Office to a be a really compelling, serious horror movie guy. Yeah, or direct it, but it the the whole concept is, it's a family of five. Mm-hmm. They live in a world where there are creatures. They don't know what they are. They don't know where they came from. Uh-huh. But they are blind. But they have these hyper tuned ears. And this is like a post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. situation. Well, I mean, is, these right? these like, creatures have come down and destroyed kind of invasion, and killed yeah. everything, right? Yeah. There's, there's just, and there are pockets of people. And they've learned to survive by being completely silent mm-hmm. in every way. Yeah. And... It's just fucking good because what it really boils down to is it's it's a horror movie, but it's a horror. It's 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 about a it's about a a, a, a mother and father, mm-hmm. and what are they willing to do to protect their children? Yeah, and keep their family together. And I'm telling you, the first hour, not a word is spoken, and it is just she's pregnant. Okay, and she has a baby. Fucking kids scream, man. And, well. How they solve the problem is fucking uncanny. I mean, I, I just... Just rip out his larynx. No, I'm not going like, to tell you anything. Oh it's just... God. it is. It's, but her having the baby and not being able to make any noise. You just recently oh, yeah. seen a woman have a baby. And yeah. not being able to scream or cry out Shit. or grunt or make any noise at all. Yeah. Holy balls. I'm telling you, this is an intense film. Will it help me at all in keeping my son from screaming his fucking head off? At three in the morning. Yes. All right, then I'm going to see that goddamn movie. Yeah, you're going to have to go to the uh, the 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 Mer- American Surgical Supply uh, oh, store okay. yep. to get a couple pieces of equipment. I've got yeah. an account there. It's cool. But you can yeah. actually, you can actually, yeah, it's a it's pretty profoundly good. Jesus. Oh, that's a good movie. That's heavy. All yeah, right. Okay. Movie, so All right. I, I absolutely highly recommend that. All right. Um, just some quick plugs. May seventh, uh, which is next Monday, not this, not tomorrow, but next Monday, Monday night at Haymarket Pub and Brewery, um, we have Bug House. Yeah. And the topics are: I will be debating Mr. Mr. Joe Janes. Our topic is America, a nation of victims or heroes. I I'm curious to hear that one. I. I Kind of wanted you guys to have the opposite. Yeah, well, that's because I gave him takes, hero. I gave yeah. him heroes because I'm, you know, because it's easy for me to go yeah. victims. I'm just, that's, that's that's easy. Um, then you have Elizabeth Thierry and Lindsay Williams, our friend Lindsay Williams, doing revolution, fix it or burn it down. Yeah. And then we have John Capal, who is a longtime listener and fan, and and and, enjoy, and has been to Buckhouse a number of times, and Rory Zacker. Known as Tony in Tony and Tina's Wedding. The Tony. The yeah. Tony. Yep. The Tony. Um, They're doing clowns, delightful or <laughs> horrifying. And that's that's the one. That's the yeah. That's the and, big hitter. And I, I talked to yeah. Rory. Rory was because John is really taking his time in constructing a very serious presentation. I bet. And Rory's perspective is, yeah, I'll probably just wing it. I mean. Clowns are just fucking delightful. Who's going to disagree with that? It's like, all right, I, I'm dying to see. I and the debate see, begins. Yeah, I want to see how this debate pans out. So uh, absolutely, if you get a chance, $10, um, you can find out about it online. But it's Bug House, May 7th, Monday night at 7 o'clock. At the Haymarket. At the Haymarket Pub and Brewery. Yeah, we'll see you there. Thanks for listening. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. 
For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 